Good morning, church. Good morning. Good Boy, morning. that uh, Josh and Katie's little girl on the cuteness scale, that's about a 10, don't you think? <laughs> yes, sir. It sure is. That's pretty good. Uh, remember that when you're around long enough, you can remember when the moms are like that, too, uh, which is pretty awesome. Uh, welcome to White's Ferry Road. Welcome Fellowship Center and our live stream audience. We're so glad you're here today. I would, I would not want to be anywhere else, Mike, on Independence Day than preaching with you. And preaching about freedom. And preaching about freedom. That's exactly right. I see you've upgraded your wardrobe. Yeah, you know, I couldn't let Al outstyle me. Of course, I, I had to go the, you know, one time they said we had a sophisticated preacher and a country preacher. Uh, at first we couldn't figure out which yeah, was which. Yeah, which, was, but, which uh, was which. I went the country route. I got jeans and boots on. I see uh, that. You know, my, even my American you know, boots got the stars and stripes there. So. Oh man! So uh, pretty you know, impressive. Yeah, yeah. So I know you're you're mentoring me in the style, and I'll. Uh, yeah, you're like a I'm Nashville not, cowboy. I'm not going to follow everything, but I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the best thing about it, Mike, is it keeps that gut nice and tight. Oh, it does. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's well, a little side product of that, it, you so. know, middle-aged men. That's what happens to you. So, uh, uh, Ethne Tonages, would you come on up come here? Come on up here, girl. Ethne is a return reader. We love her. You still work in the uh, Stanley Steamer future? You still going to do that? All right. I just wanted to make sure because I didn't know if maybe some of the service master people might have got after you because, I mean, you're very driven. All right. You, get, you ready? Romans eight thirty-seven through 39. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither life nor death Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. How about a round for Anthony? Thank you. Stanley Steamer's getting a good one right there, I tell you what. He's a good one. What a blessing uh, the Tonjes family is to our WFR family. How you got any Fourth of July uh, uh, plans? I mean, are y'all shooting off firecrackers, celebrating? What do you guys do? You know, we just eat a lot, Mike. That's uh, <laughs> tend, we tend to do that on every holiday, which is why you need the vest. Back to the original <laughs> conversation. Uh, yeah, we'll probably uh, pop a few fireworks. Usually, uh, someone in the neighborhood provides the show. So, uh, you know, I wait for that. Usually pull up a lawn chair. It's pretty good. But, yeah, I love the idea of celebrating Independence Day. I love to see the flags that are flying uh, all across the neighborhoods. That's become a thing now, and I don't know why. Uh, we should all be able to unite behind the American flag. Amen? I mean, it represents so many good things about our country and so many blessings. So uh, I love, I'm, I've always been very patriotic, and I love this holiday. Well, I love, I love that, too, and I love freedom. I'm so uh, feel so blessed uh, to to be here to be able to, for Al for us to get up and preach and to teach all the time and and to have the freedom to do that. I have traveled in countries where that's not true, and I've been with brothers and sisters that have been under duress as they try to uh, preach the gospel, and they're not free to do that. Uh, and uh, I, I tell you, everybody needs to get out of this country uh, into some other countries for a while and come back. And have an appreciation, not only for what we have now, but to have an appreciation for those uh, that fought for our freedom. And uh, uh, my dad, in particular, I always remember because he was uh, 
uh, in World War II. He was at the Nuremberg Trials. Uh, he was very much a part of, of fighting for freedom. My brother fought for freedom. And so uh, that's, that's important to me. But as important as that is, there's nothing like the uh, freedom that obviously we have in Christ. Well, if you've ever uh, had the opportunity to walk along Omaha Beach or visit the cemetery, there were almost 10,000 uh, GIs uh, now have their final resting spot there. You realize the cost of freedom uh, is certainly uh, cost a lot of people a lot of blood on our behalf. And what a blessing that is to be able to realize that and, and realize how powerful blood is. You know, our independence was unique. It was a unique experience in all the world, all the wars that have ever been fought, because most of the wars are fought over conquering and taking land and then ruling over other people. But the American War of Independence was fought to give freedom to its people. The idea was is that we would set up a, a government where we, the people, would govern, where we, the people, would have the freedom, where we, the people, would have the power. And no matter where we've gone through these last, you know, 235 plus years, that was the ideal. And what a great idea it was. Benjamin Franklin said as he was coming out of the uh, convention, someone said, what kind of government do we have? He said, well, we have a republic if you can keep it. Because he knew how hard it would be. Why do people choose tyranny over freedom? It's a human thing that's been around since the beginning of mankind. It still goes on to this very day. Today we want to talk about, as Mike says, something much more important. Even though I'm a proud citizen of the United States of America, I got my blue passport, which gets me into a consulate or embassy anywhere in the world. But I'm much more proud of my citizenship that is in heaven. Because there I realize I have true freedom from all the things that Satan throws at us. You know, in this uh, passage in Romans 8, he talks about being more than conquerors. I was just thinking how great it is just to be a conqueror, but to be more than a conqueror. And then I couldn't help but remember uh, back in Romans chapter 5 as we studied that section of Scripture where he says that if God, if, uh, if God loved us so much to send his son to die for us, how much more? Remember those words? Go back in that chapter and underline those. How much more? How much more? And now he comes back in, in the chapter 8 and says, we are more than conquerors. And uh, I think one of my greatest uh, struggles was understanding that I was more than a conqueror in Christ. And I didn't really quite know how to live that way. And I'm running into people all the time that struggle with that, to live in the freedom and enjoy the victory and uh, that Christ has given us. Uh, and, and to be able to like live full of joy in a life of victory, even though we obviously are still battling some things, the victory is already there for us. And, and I want to help people understand how great God's grace is that they are more than conquerors. I think it's interesting that Romans 8 gives us that insight because, as we know from Romans 7, Paul was giving us such a great description of that inner battle, right, that all of us face. But then he comes to Romans 8 and he says, look, I know it's a struggle. I know it's a battle, but thanks be to God for the victory we have in Christ Jesus. He gives us that. And he starts out in verse 8 by talking about more freedom. You think, man, being free, he's going to give us more. Therefore, verse 1, there is now no, con there is now, now, the present, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. No means no. Say that with me. No No means means no. no. One more time. No No means means no. no. There is now, now, right now, no condemnation. So we need to quit living like there is. There is now no condemnation for, for those that are in Christ Jesus. In John 5, he said, Verily, truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes me, who sent me, has eternal life, has, and will not be condemned, but has crossed over from death to life. We're free. We're free from that old law that said, every time I sin, I die. And Satan loves to talk you into believing that you're still under that law to keep you miserable every day, thinking that every time I sin, oh, oh, I die, and now I've got to hurry up and repent so that I can get back into life again. And so we're kind of in and out of the light as we go, and we just kind of, you know, we want to die with a communion cup in one head, you know, and bread in the other, just so I can bloop, bloop, make sure I make it, right? No assurance. There's no assurance if you have a mindset of the law of sin and death. You don't die every time you sin anymore. That law has been done away with. Now that, that means there's freedom. Freedom. And he says it clearly in the verse in Christ Jesus. So not only condemnation and the law of sin and death, we are also free from the lifestyle of the flesh. Because, see, that's where people get tripped up. That's what Paul was trying to talk to his Jewish audience here in the book of Romans. You keep wanting to go back under law. You say, well, if we want to be good, remember the rich young roof, we want to be good, we'll be law keepers. The problem is you can't keep it. That's, that's the whole idea. In fact, God said, I put it out there to show you you couldn't. You only would be able to trust in me. We are not good. Christ Jesus is good, and we are in him. Therefore, because of him, we are all things. That's the blessing of it. And that gives us something different in our lifestyle. I love what Paul said in Titus, what he told Titus in in chapter 2, verse 11. The grace of God has appeared, and it offers salvation to all people. That's who Jesus is, the grace of God. It, that grace, teaches us to say no. To ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because people think, that's why people want to go into tyranny because they think, well, if people are free, we can't control what's happening. I can't control my own life. You don't understand. You are under the control of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. As long as I'm under his control, I don't have to worry about anything else. That trains me and teaches me that grace to live a different life. I want to follow the lead of the Spirit because it's always going to lead me. He's always going to lead me to something good, something better, something uplifting, something helps other people. There are a lot of people right now. There's a lot of talk about criminal justice reform and mainly just letting people out of jail. And the idea is, well, if we can just get people out of jail, then they'll understand how they're supposed to live and quit doing what they were doing. Bad idea. What I've found is the more you let people out that have no life change, they go back in. 
And they hurt other people in the process. You know why? Because that the freedom from jail is not what people need. Freedom from sinful life. And the flesh is what we need. You change that. Hey, talk to Randall Greer about some people who are locked up and are slaves to the state, but have been set free from the law of sin and death. Therefore, they are a slave of Jesus Christ. And even inside those prison walls, they are living a free life in Christ. That's what can happen when we lay it out to him. We live a lifestyle that he guides us into, which only makes us better. That lifestyle is about direction not perfection. And it's about the direction that comes from the Holy Spirit. So look what he says. There's more, not only more freedom, but there's more Holy Spirit. He says, but if Christ is in you, you're going to see that phrase several times throughout this chapter. Christ is in you, that even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Live by the Spirit. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So He is a guide for us. He dwells in us to produce the righteousness of Christ. We have deity inside us. Inside this body, the same Holy Spirit that was there when Jesus' body came out of the ground is inside ours, and we're guaranteed ours is coming out of the ground too. I never want to forget the way I used to think before I I finally submitted to Christ and allowed the Holy Spirit to now guide me and lead me. I've been very open with you guys before, and it happened right here in our church. My teenage years, I was a double-secret agent which meant I was here on Sundays and Wednesday nights, but, boy, I was in the world the rest of the time. And I'll never forget one of my running buddies, drinking buddies, his mom called my mom and said, you know, I just don't think it's a good idea for Bubba and Alan to be hanging around together. I think Alan's a bad influence on Bubba. Well, when mom told me that, I was so offended. I was like, I'm at least a fake Christian. I mean, that's what I was thinking in my heart. <laughs> I mean, at least I go and it looks like I'm doing well. How am I a bad influence on him? But you see what happens when Satan is in control of your life? You can sell yourself any bill of goods. Because you look at that and say, you know, it, well, I, I'm better than, and you start pointing a finger at somebody else. The Holy Spirit changes that. You know what you call that? That's pride. That's stubborn, evil pride. And the minute I laid that pride down and said, you know what? I am a sinner. I'm the worst influencer of anyone because without Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, I have nothing to give or gain. When you do that, your whole world will change. That I never want to forget because you never want to give the evil one one inch or he'll take a mile. So the Holy Spirit inside of us supplies the power. That we need to say no to ungodliness. Grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness. And he puts us in a whole church family that helps us say no to ungodliness. We need all these things together. And that's why the Holy Spirit is so powerful in our lives. 
that, that it's a matter of us subjecting ourselves and submitting ourselves to the word that he wrote and to the direction that he gives. So that not only do we have hope and anticipation for the future, but we have help and someone to intercede for us right now in our weaknesses. That's right. Because, look, we are weak people. Mm-hmm. It starts right here in the, in the pulpit. We're weak people. Yes. We struggle. And yet we can live with full confidence of our salvation. How can you do that, Mike? When you, I know me better than anybody else knows me. I know what goes on in my mind and in my heart. How can I still live with confidence? Because my confidence is not in my ability and my performance in life. It's in the one that died for me and the spirit that is left within me. My confidence is in the blood of Christ. That gives me all the assurance I need is confidence in Jesus. You've got to believe it when he says there's no condemnation. And you have to believe it when he says the Spirit gives life and peace. Because some of you right now, you don't feel like you're at peace. And yet you desire that. Because you've been letting Satan rob that from you. Believing the lies that he has instead of believing the words of the Holy Spirit. So you got more freedom. More Holy Spirit, and you also have more protection. Look at Romans eight twenty eight. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose, predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son. We have been glorified. We have been justified. All these things give us a protection. One of the things I've noticed in our culture, and it's a sad thing, is there seems to be less and less protection for the innocent, for the elderly. People just walking along the street and someone comes by and just slugs them in the face. What, what kind of country are we living in? Why would we allow that to happen? We need to protect the innocent. This wholesale slaughter of babies for the last now going on 50 years needs to stop. The most innocent among us, not a chance to have a voice and to and to be potentially a person of influence and change. The protection that we get in Christ allows us, even in a culture that's eroding, to still protect. That's what we do for one another. Protection. And he says, I'm going to give you more of that protection if you trust in me. A lot of us have come out of different situations in life where we weren't protected. Some of you come out of situations where your dad did not protect you. Your mom did not protect you. Uh, You didn't protect yourself. And the consequences were maybe addiction or uh, consequences was immorality. And and now a life full of guilt and shame. and, 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 And you feel like there's no one there to help you or to work on your behalf anymore and we get such a message of shame and guilt that we drag around with us sometimes it's really hard to believe that god is for you but this has got to be one of the most uh uh, favorite verses of all for so many people right that that all things work together for the good that those that love the lord who have been called according to his purpose that god 
does not create evil, but he has the power to bend it and use it however he needs to. So God works together for the good. It's for the good of the kingdom. It's for the good of our spiritual lives. We're not saying, uh, God doesn't give me everything I want because if he did that, man, I would be in a big mess, right? But God does work on our behalf to protect us. And he wants us to be like Jesus. By the way, it's real simple here. I, and We get so confused on all this idea of uh, predestined and foreknew and all the kind of words that kind of go along with that. Just let me, let, me, let me lay it out as simple as I know how. It's been predetermined that when you're in Christ, you will conform to look like Christ. You and I are going to become more like Christ as we walk with Him every day. So what we look like has already been decided. And that look is the look of Christ. That's what's predetermined. That's what's already been decided. Mm -hmm. That when you follow Him, here's who you look like. Uh, Who do they people say you look like in your family? Your dad, your mom, what, what do you think? They say I'm an original, Mike. You're an original. I look a little bit like both. I've uh, got a little mom and dad in there. How are you adopted? I mean, uh, could be. Okay. I'm the only non-J, so maybe so. <laughs> maybe. You know, when I was a kid, my uncles and aunts called me Alan Jones, and I never understood why, but I was just a little tyke, and so I got out loose one day and away from a babysitter, and a policeman pulled over and just saw this little three-year-old kid walking around. Of course, you know, I was being raised by teenagers, so it's a wonder I'm even here, to be honest with you. <laughs> and the police officer said, what's your name? And I said, Alan Jones. Because <laughs> that's what I had been called. He said, well, Alan Jones, where do you live? And I said, right over there. And so he took me home and chewed out the babysitter. But I, I told mom later, I was like, at later in life, I was like, it's a wonder that I was able to survive. God's favor had to have been on Alf. For him to make it. So maybe that helps you understand my identity complex. Well, yeah, there's some identity problems there, I'm sure. Uh, So we look like our family. That's right. Uh, And it's a natural thing. Our Savior, our King, Jesus Christ, our Father in heaven, and his Holy Spirit that lives in us as his children, look like his family. And I am proud of any inch of degree at all, any spot in my life that would look like Jesus. I'm thinking, okay, God determined that ahead of time. And man, do I want that to grow and be much more part of my life. Part of that protection is provision. He says in chapter 8, verse 32, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? And you got to remember, he gives us all things to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, right? That doesn't mean we get what we want, because a lot of things we want, we don't need. It's not going to help us be who we need to be. I've told you before, I go to a third world country and I see people there who don't have hardly anything compared to what we have in America. But I still see joyful people giving praise to God because they have all they need from him. And that's what being a brother or sister in Christ is. He provides. Remember what uh, Peter said in 2 Peter verse 1, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 3? Everything we need 
he gives us for life and godliness. We're not lacking if we trust in him. And don't compare to other people. Don't be jealous. I wish I could sing like Perky, or I wish I could preach like this guy, or I wish I could do this with this other person. You have what you need to be the impact that you need to be. So trust in him as he provides that for you. So not only do we have more provision, we also have more status as overcomers. I love the word overcomer. And I, I, my, one of my favorite times, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were at, at Celebrate Recovery, and we were there on chip night, and uh, uh, well, some of us uh, got to hand out the chips to folks that had made that commitment or made so much time, you know, in, in that ministry. And it was such a joy and an honor to be with people who were overcomers. They're overcomers. Mm-hmm. And we need to celebrate being overcomers. That's right. And so we're, he says we're more than conquerors. We're overcomers. And God has brought about so much victory in our lives. Who will bring any charge against those who God has chosen? It is God who justifies, Romans 8, 33 and 34. Mm-hmm. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. You know what I thought about when I read this verse? I never thought about it till this time, Al, when you and I were talking and studying through it. When he says that, who is that if he condemns no one? I instantly went back to the woman caught in adultery. Where, where are your accusers? Is there anyone to accuse you? No. What? No one. They've all dropped their rocks and walked away. No one. Then neither do I. Then you go and leave your life of sin. No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, is also interceding for us. You are more than conquerors. You are overcomers through Christ Jesus our Lord. I love that story too, Mike, because I don't know about you, but I've been at some points in my life the woman in the circle. And other times I've been the one on the outside holding the rock. That's what Satan tries to get us, to be both accuser and the accused. But there is no one that condemns. You remember what Job said in Job 31, verse 35, Oh, that I had someone to hear me. A sign now for my defense. Let the Almighty answer me. Let my accuser put his indictment in writing. It was interesting because Job said that not knowing that the accuser had come into heaven and God had said, what about my servant Job? One of the most frightening verses in the Bible for me. Because I'm wondering, what if he ever said, what have you considered my servant Al? We don't want to go through that, right? We said, oh, I don't know, God, just let me be a nobody. But when you're in Christ, you're a somebody. Because you have no accuser. Neither did Job. At the end of the day, Job looked up to the Almighty and said, I fear and put my trust in you. He said, I know. And I trusted in you as well. What a blessing, right? I love the way John put it in Revelation 12:10. I heard a loud sound in heaven. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. And how did they overcome him? By the blood of the Lamb. By the word of the testimony. And if they did not love this life so much, they would shrink back even from death. Satan is defeated. You understand that, right? 
I mean, we're playing out the clock here, but the battle has been won. He has no power over you. He cannot condemn you. He has no hold over your fear of death. There is no fear of death. The blood of the Lamb has given us victory. We are overcomers. And that ought to make us happy, happy, happy today in Christ. We also are more inseparable with unending love. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Here's Romans 8, 35 through 39. Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through, through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor death, nor anyone else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. Now, in my old days of preaching this, I would preach this, and I would read this verse, and I would have it with power, and then I'd always come back and say, but... Except, you know, me. I could, I could separate. You know, I could, I could fall. I could. And I thought, why do I think I can improve on the Word of God? That's right. He doesn't say that there. That's right. He just says, you can't separate us from His love. And all these things can't do it. That's right. Then why am I so tempted to think they can Satan loves to plant those things in my mind that somehow or another I can separate myself from the love of God. I'm telling you, you cannot separate yourself from the love of God. That's right. And we just have a very difficult time believing it. That's right. Because Satan has placed in our hearts and our minds doubt and guilt for so long, we end up listening to the accuser instead of listening to the one that brought victory. You are more than conquerors. You see, Satan, when he whispers, he wants to put just a little bit of doubt and create a little bit of distance and then start you on a path that ultimately can lead to destruction. He does it all the time. Every day, people follow that path. Simply because they don't believe that God is big enough to resolve me of everything. Everything. I mean, everything. He said, I got it. That's how powerful this is. When I see people say, well, you know, I just can't seem to, you know, get in the rhythm. And my prayers seem like they're stopping at the ceiling. And I just can't. And they're struggling with the idea. I'll say, you got to let that last wall down. You're holding up one last thing. That you won't give to him so he can empower you fully. Because when you're inseparable by the love of Christ, you're changed forever. When you realize how powerful that is. Which gives us an empowerment. Which gives us victory because we understand the power comes from Christ. And ultimately we are inseparable from his love. Hold your head high as a victor. The current culture is victim. You see it everywhere. Victim. This happened. That happened. 
These people are bad. Those people are bad. I wasn't raised right. This happened. That happened. Victim, 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 victim. I declare today that we are not victims. We are victors Amen. of what Christ has done in us. That's the way we should live. Amen. That deserves a round of applause. I want us to take away today. I want us to take, if you don't get anything else, get this last thing. The first verse of the chapter and the last verse of the chapter. Got it? The first verse of the chapter, there is now, that's a time frame right now, there is now no condemnation. Verse 1, no condemnation in Christ Jesus. It's because we're in Christ. There's all kinds of condemnation outside of Christ, right? In Christ. No condemnation. Now get the last verse of the chapter. No separation. No separation from the love. And he says in the verse, in Christ Jesus. The love that's found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. No condemnation in Christ. No separation in Christ. No longer condemned. And they're never separated from His love. And you live with those two bookends in your life. Matter of fact, this would be a great chapter to put to memory. To have this thing to be able to pull up in our battle against the evil one every day. To remind ourselves of what God says about you. You are not condemned in Christ Jesus. If God doesn't condemn you, quit condemning yourself. And let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Because the guilt of the sin... Guilt of your sin gives you no strength at all. It only makes you weaker. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. No condemnation in Christ. No separation from His love in Christ. So if you have a need today to become a child of God, we want to encourage you to be able to do that, to understand then all these things you can gain more than conquerors, That can be yours today. Sometimes it's just a reset. Like I said, it's that last wall coming down. It's that last brick that you've held on to that you said, you know, I can do everything, but quite quite trust you with this one, Lord. Today is the day to release that burden. If you have a need at all today, why don't you come while we stand, while we sing.